lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a fun one in store for you today, uh, because our guest this week is the punk rock poindexter Darwin Finch. Now, Darwin is uh, a wrestler out here on the West Coast uh, that has been just doing some awesome stuff all uh, throughout Southern California, up into Northern California, Nevada, other places. Um, a known West Coast talent out here uh, that honestly is extremely lovable in terms of character technically sound in the ring and just so full of heart and and a lot of those sentiments were on display recently um if you caught uh, their match against uh, kid bandit at santino bros fight night 2 um obviously the clip of the promo uh between uh, finch and kid bandit caught a bit of a uh a bit of popularity on social media over the last week or so and really spoke to you know the relationship between the two of them but on a larger scale it kind of speaks to sort of the reputation that Darwin has built for himself um, over the course of the last eight or so years um, you know wrestling up and down the west coast um, making appearances at Hood Slam, at Pride Style Pro, at Wrestling Pro Wrestling. Um, and we're delighted to have the chance to sit down with Darwin today and talk all about those experiences. Talk especially, we get into the, the whole Kit Bandit promo and the emotions behind it and the match there as well. There's a lot to love about Darwin Finch, and uh, I'm excited to have Darwin here to talk about um, all these experiences that they have had. As we do on this show, it is a solid chat, and we will get to that conversation in just a second because there are a couple of things I wanted to uh, hit uh, before we get to that talk. Obviously, it's been a newsworthy week in the world of independent pro wrestling. Probably two stories dominating uh, things the most were two retirements, um, or retirement announcements, or retirement moments in a way. Um, obviously, we're talking about Avery Good, professional wrestler, and uh, the QWI number one pro wrestler for 2021, uh, the business Billy Dixon. Avery Good wrestled his final match um, in his long and storied career um, this past weekend at LVAC Bash of the Brewery. Uh, what a moment that was. I mean, having... I mean, obviously, the match with Abby Jane uh, had a lot of significance considering, you know, Abby's origins um, in pro wrestling and, you know, the the rivalry that they built up uh, and the story they were building up in Camp Leapfrog before that kind of went on this indefinite hiatus that we've seen from that company. Uh, and so it, it felt very fitting that Abby Jane would beat the final match for Avery Good. But oh my lord, uh, Mr. Touchdown. 
Seeing Avery Good and Mr. Touchdown hearkening back to the days of Chikara uh, and having one final clash at the very end, definitely for Avery, most likely for Mr. Touchdown as well, since we haven't seen him in in, in a while. But just what a what a way to go out for Avery Good. Um, just amazing. If you haven't checked out the match, go back and watch that on IWTV. Uh, it, it it was befitting of of the final time that we would see Avery Good, professional wrestler, uh, professionally wrestle. It really was. It, it was a. It was, you know it's good whenever you have moments that take your breath away, but also moments that you feel like you're going to tear up a little bit. That's that's the perfect mixture for one of those moments there at the end of someone's career. Um, in that way. And that brings us to Billy. Uh, Billy Dixon has announced that the I Quit match between himself and Darius Carter at the Cassandra Cup on June 17th at Pride and Vibe weekend is going to be his final match for the foreseeable future. Uh, He is hanging up the overalls. Excuse me. As I wrote on... uh, on Outsports um, earlier this week. And, you know, Billy put out a very lengthy and and detailed post about why he's made this decision, you know, taking care of himself, taking care of Kyle, uh, the person behind the character of Billy Dixon, and, you know, addressing all of these, the mental health struggles and all of the factors that can impact that for not only himself, but any pro wrestler really and you know feeling this this intrusive thought that if he took a break to take care of himself to put himself first um that all the work he had put in would disappear from people's minds and people would forget about Billy Dixon by the time that he came back and that sort of thing and you know it's a very it's a very real thing in pro wrestling in a lot of other fields um in my field you know, I I feel that pressure sometimes as well. I think we all can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. But for Billy, obviously, he, um, he needs to take the time to build up Kyle and, and find Kyle and just live a life that, that he wants to live right now. And I commend him for it. I commend him for putting himself first and self-care first. And it's a it's a message that we can all kind of take a little bit of credence to. I feel like there are many times where we all feel like we have to push ourselves beyond our limits or beyond what we feel comfortable doing and deal with the stressors and anxieties and um, facets of everyday life that impact our mental health in negative ways just to be able to continue building a legacy or advancing in your profession or just feeling like you actually did what you were supposed to do in a day. And that can just eat at you. And it can be very taxing and you have to take the time to write yourself. Um... And, you know, Billy is doing that for himself now. And he's doing the right thing. 
Um, you know, I think it's natural to feel some of these feelings of wanting to see him continue just because of the performer that he is and the the influence that he has had, you know, not just in LGBTQ pro wrestling circles. That, there's no denying any of that, but beyond that as well, you know, it's not just the queer fans that he's pulling in now. It's not just the the members of the family that are putting their eyeballs on Billy Dixon. And, you know, I feel like while that is amazing and this is probably one of the best places that he has been at in his career, all that doesn't matter if you're not right with yourself. So, Billy Dixon will be missed um, in front of the camera. Obviously, he's going to still be running for Wrestling Vibe. Still have two months of, well, a little under two months now of Billy Dixon um, to enjoy Billy Dixon in a, a pro wrestling capacity, an on screen pro wrestling capacity. And, you know, no matter what that month to two month period brings, like, he has seven years of a legacy that is going to stand uh, up whenever we talk about the expansion of LGBTQ identities and the expansion of LGBTQ acceptance in pro wrestling. Like, when I wrote and say that he is one of the leaders of this movement, like, there's no denying that. There's no denying that at all. And um, for that, Billy Dixon, we thank you. And Kyle Dixon, uh, I just hope that you find and are able to achieve what you are looking for. Um, you know, I don't normally talk about future guests or anything like that, but we pull back the curtain a little bit. We do have Billy Dixon scheduled to come on the show again uh, before Pride and Vibe weekend, and you know that's gonna be that's gonna be a key, as he would uh, put it, a key key for sure. Um, and and I can't wait to talk to Billy again, honestly, and and just kind of. I don't know where that conversation will go. Like that's just kind of how the the show operates. But you know, Billy's been on this show probably more often than any other guest. You know, outside of like KC, who you know lives with me. So um, yeah, uh, that's going to be a special episode coming up here in the in the coming weeks, and I greatly look forward to it, and I hope you all do too. Um, but for now, thank you, Billy Dixon. Thank you so much. Well, with that said, let us jump right into our conversation with Darwin Finch. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week someone who you have definitely seen up and down the West Coast in California, Nevada, all over the place over the past number of years. Uh, most recently at his home in, at Santino Bros in East Los Angeles, um, <laughs> the punk rock poindexter, Darwin Finch. Welcome to LGBT in the Ring. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm a fan of the podcast, so oh, uh, I'm very excited to be here. I am I, I am very happy to hear that you're a fan of the podcast. I still get taken aback whenever I hear people like 
say that they that they are. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> hey, I get taken aback whenever somebody says they're a fan of me. So, <laughs> uh, well, I am definitely really? a fan are of you yours. <laughs> I am definitely a fan of yours, and I definitely get that thought process. It's it's a weird <laughs> thing to kind of digest a bit here. And there. <laughs> I'm happy to have you on the show because I feel like you know out here on the West Coast, a lot of people know you for for you know your work with with santino bros obviously but also in companies like wrestling pro wrestling or or mm-hmm. you know the the little stops you've had at hood slam most recently pride style pro out in vegas you know you were on the their debut show out there mm-hmm. um but i feel like sometimes like we can get very like regional with our focuses sometimes and i just feel like you are a talent that kind of deserves to break out of that regional view and personally. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, well, you I are... <laughs> no, I mean, you've been doing great work. The character work is outstanding as well. Like there's a lot to love about, about Darwin Finch right now. Um, and I'm glad to have you on the show to kind of pick your brain and kind of just kind of get to know you a bit better and let everybody else get to know you a little bit better as well. Of course. I'm all about it. I'm ready. Let's pick away. All right. All right. That you give me the green light. I'm going to take it all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, well, let's start off with, with a bit of wrestling origin here. Um, obviously there are many different ways that a lot of people get into pro wrestling, but how did Darwin Finch kind of get into pro wrestling originally? So I've been a fan of pro wrestling ever since uh, I was a small child when I kind of stumbled out of bed in the middle of the night and it kind of was just happened to be playing on uh, on television and I kind of was mesmerized by it. Uh, we had the, the section, this is, I'm going to be dating myself a bit, we had the section in the local video store uh, with, with the wrestling tapes and, uh, you know, one day when I was, I was sick, um, I, I I asked for to watch some more of that uh, wrestling stuff, and uh, so uh, my 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 dad uh, brought over uh, like some WrestleManias and um, I think uh, like a Fall Brawl or something from WCW or whatever, and I was just hooked on all of it. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to to see everything that I could, and uh, yeah, just been hooked ever since. Um, I did kind of get a late start in uh, wrestling in general, um, just because the, the area that I grew up in uh, didn't really have like like any local wrestling, really. If I wanted to go to a show, I'd have to travel like two and a half hours to Boston, um, you know, and uh, was unconventional body type, wasn't very athletic in school. I did uh, run, um, cross country and, and did track and stuff. Cause I, I was good at running away from people, not necessarily, uh, meant to, meant to fight anybody. So I, I kind of, uh, I kind of didn't think it was in the cards for, for old Mr. Finch here. So, um, that kind of tried to take the more, more conventional route and, uh, stick with the sciences. And, uh, but you know, that never really, I'm not going to lie. That never really grabbed me. Um, and the way that pro wrestling has my entire life uh so uh eventually i just said hey i am gonna i'm just gonna go for it i'm gonna give it a try um and if i don't succeed uh at least i can say that i gave it my best shot um so came out here to to california uh started at santino brothers wrestling academy 
Um, and uh, the, here I still am to this day because once I got into that ring, I, I, I never wanted to leave it. <laughs> no, that, that's, I, I love the fact that the video section comes up because that, that is my experience as well. Like I grew up like going to like the video warehouse in like the little town that I grew up in shout out video warehouse. I don't even know if you still exist anymore, but mm-hmm. like that, that wrestling section there was basically ages like 10 to 14 for me. Like mm-hmm. it was basically just in like getting every pay-per-view that I can and digesting it and taking in as much as I could from WWF, WCW. I think I even at one point tried to rent a UFC tape at one point, not knowing that it wasn't pro wrestling and did not being allowed to, because I was like 13. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I just, I love the fact that that really kind of like fed that love for you in that way. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like that gets, I mean, obviously, almost anything is available at, at our fingertips now, but like, there's just something about having that. Maybe I'm just waxing nostalgic here for a minute, but there's just something fascinating and kind of, um, I don't know, just, just a general feeling of happiness of just seeing like a wall of VHS. Yeah, definitely. Like and looking at the backs with the cool graphics and like, you know, uh, you know, Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat in like, you know, big like fiery letters or whatever. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a great time. And, you know, even like in between the, the, um, the you know, the internet age completely being accessible, uh, um, you know, because it was, there was that weird period of time in between where, you know, the internet existed and everything, but like to watch wrestling on the internet, it was still kind of like choppy and, and, uh, and kind of hard to watch. So, you, you know, you'd order DVDs. And uh, before I became a pro wrestler, I, and I still have them, I have like two big binders full of DVDs. I've got one that's of um, uh, American stuff and one that's mostly Japanese, but also other international uh dvds and i just i i do miss the having like that sort of a collection you know but like it's kind of pointless now because if i want to watch anything like you said and it's it's already on the internet so what's you know what's the point of collecting it anymore <laughs> no I, I totally get that i wish i had that kind of collection i never really got into like the the tape trading or the dvd collecting like i have my like small little collection on a shelf back behind me somewhere but like that's wild they have like giant binders full of stuff it's like <laughs> it's like the the like the the whole like nerdy aspect of of the character and of you like kind of extends into like being a, a nerd for pro wrestling as well like beyond like the general preconceived notions that we have like of quote-unquote nerdiness it feels like yeah well you know just like anything else in, in my life i don't necessarily uh uh, conform to the um, the expect expected definition of necessarily anything, and that that goes along with uh, with my nerdiness, I guess. You know, I don't. I've never seen an episode of Battlestar Galactica. You know, I couldn't tell you uh, every single character in DC Comics or whatever, but I know a heck of a lot about pro wrestling, and I know a lot about horror movies. I know a lot about punk rock. Uh, you know, the, uh, there's different 
facets and branches of nerdism. <laughs> and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm exploring my own uh, branches, you know, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, just because uh, you're a nerd doesn't mean you need to follow these certain set of nerdy rules. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I would always tell my friends whenever we played fantasy baseball. Like we're just we're just all a bunch of fucking nerds. Like looking, at <laughs> right. like, like it, it all it all transcends into different into different avenues. Even if you don't want to think of yourself that way or 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 you know try and put a label on anything like that. No, it's fucking nerdy as shit. So, <laughs> so I feel you. Yes, yes. So much math. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm curious to ask those like in this large collection that you have, like, do you have any personal favorite like go to DVDs that that you'll just pop on at any time for yourself? Uh, these days, I really don't dust off the collection that often. Um, sometimes it'll be in certain matches, maybe that I'll want to see. Um, I was a Oddly enough, even though I'm more of a of a of a technical guy, kind of you know everyone's a little bit of a hybrid, but I guess that would be my my main domain. Uh, I I was a huge uh, FMW fan mm. for a while, um, so yeah, a lot of like the, the um, Hayabusa and uh, Masato Tanaka matches, and Mike Awesome. Um, yeah, I I love popping those on, you know. Um, I'll pop on uh, some Noah uh, from the mid two thousands. Um, you know, uh, I've I, I've had a, a large collection of Dragon Gate USA uh, mm. DVDs. I, I thought that that was a, a great uh, idea for a promotion, just to kind of combine the you know the um, the Dragon Gate style with uh, American Indies and kind of see that mashup. Um, so I like popping those on every once in a while. Um, and there's, there's just so many, uh, and a lot of the, the Ted Petty invitationals has just uh, such a, has such a lineup of, of great wrestlers. And I, I'm a sucker for, for tournament style matches. Yeah. It is wild to go back and look at the lineups for some of those Ted Petty's and to see just how many different names that like now are like, have this sort of larger or like almost legendary status at times that just were like a field of like a field yeah. of a tournament that were just like there and i don't know it's just wild to see some of the names that pop up when you go back and look at those yeah yeah it is it's it's crazy and that's what a part of the reason why i feel like i know i have such a love for for indie wrestling um for many reasons but you know it's just like it's the it's the few you're seeing that you get to say that you were there watching the, the future stars and you know um there'd be times where we'd be like flyering um for for santino bros for the school or for the shows or whatever and we do it after after a raw event would, would get out and some of the people that would take the flyers from us would be like oh there's nobody i know on this um and, and <laughs> you know, I was like, "Hey, everybody! All the stars gotta start somewhere." You know, exactly. <laughs> a lot of your favorites started in places like this, so you might want to check it out. Exactly. There's it's always fun to get in on the ground floor of stuff, especially there's just something like super interesting to me about watching people as they're kind of figuring themselves out. 
in in pro wrestling you know experimenting trying new things finding things that click and like seeing when those things click as well and just to continue continue watching the development of people there and obviously like you being at santino bros like that that's been kind of the mo of of that school um seeing so many names that have gone on to do like huge things in the world Mm -hmm. of pro wrestling um not to mention the the number of lgbtq uh people in pro wrestling that have come through that school as well like obviously yourself you have kid bandit nail out there doing what he's doing what they're doing um you have people like jake atlas obviously who who came through that school as well what has it been like for you and your time at santino bros to kind of see that school become kind of this almost like a a safe haven for for LGBTQ people and other, you know, marginalized people as well to have a, a place to really explore themselves within pro wrestling and possibly beyond that. Well, I've, I've seen it. I'm, oh, I've been there since I walked into the doors there about uh, 2013. Um, and to my knowledge, the only LGBTQ member at that time was actually one of the members of the very first class uh, which is uh, Mariah Moreno. Yes. And, and um, you know, I was there with uh, with Jake while he was coming up, and he was actually kind of afraid. Um, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I think he's come out and said it before. He was a little bit afraid to 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 come out to the rest of the school. Um, and, but you know, once he did, uh, you know, we all embraced him. Everybody there embraced him. And I think that him, uh, you know, that same year, he, he got rookie of the year. That's when he told, uh, you know, all of SoCal, basically all of indie wrestling world, that he was a gay man. Um, I think that brought a lot of the attention to Santino's for LGBTQ uh, members. And, uh, you know, just uh, all of a sudden, you know, as the years go by, there's been just been more, more and more, and and it's great, you know that that flag has been in there uh, since I walked in uh, to the building, amongst mm-hmm. all the other um, all the other flags, you know, uh, you know, at Santino Bros, uh, just like what's happening to most of the the wrestling scene, it's for everybody, um, and you know, it's represented on our wall with all, with all the flags, including the, the LGBTQ flag. Now you yourself as a gender diverse person, um, mm-hmm. obviously being at, at the school there, um, you described Jake's kind of process that, that you watched at, unfold there. What, what was that experience like for you uh, personally to kind of see that acceptance? And at what point did you feel maybe not necessarily feel accepted per se that's not not the right way to posit it but when did you start to feel like you know you did belong in in this world as it relates to like the your your how you perceived your own gender identity sure well you know i've only just recently come into that realization Mm. um you know it wasn't something that i always knew i i always knew that i didn't necessarily fit in with other uh cis males a lot of the time a lot of my friends growing up were either female or or or, uh queer or um you know somewhere in that um that bracket but uh 
you know, through wrestling, I actually have more cis male friends than I've ever had before. Um, but you know, it's just, it's only been in, you know, the last few months, honestly, that mm. I've uh, started to, to put the pieces together and, and realize that, Hey, maybe this, uh, this non-binary thing, uh, applies to me, you know, cause I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't quite understand it at first. I didn't have any negative feelings towards a definition that I wasn't quite sure what it meant, but the more I reflect on, um, who I am and, and uh, moments in my life, comments that people have made to me, uh, it, it seems to, to make sense. Um, so I don't even think of it as, at where I am now with everybody that's come through the school. And, you know, there's uh, two other um, non-binary persons at the school at the moment between Kid Bandit and um, Richie Coy. Mm, uh, yes. Uh, you know, it, it just seems, uh, it doesn't even seem like something I need to necessarily reveal. You know, I'm not worried about it. You know, some of them probably aren't even going to find out until this interview, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we'll be okay. <laughs> no, that that's awesome that you have that, that comfort level with it though, that you don't even necessarily feel like you need to like say something to already feel that, that level of kind of, you know, com camaraderie, I guess would be a, a term there for it, but especially knowing you, that Richie and, and, and Bandit are there as well. Like there's like a, a little pocket of non-binary identities that that's really cool to see. Cause like, you know, I don't think even if you like look at other schools around, around the country, I don't know if they necessarily have that many non-binary people in one place learning together right. or training together. So I can imagine Something that could like be a very. Gardens water. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I I commiserate with you on some on what you're talking about in terms of like that kind of journey to really understanding non-binary identities and and under and finding your place within that sort of thing because like you know I I didn't really come out as non-binary until like a little over a year ago um, mm -hmm. and like you like whenever whenever i was first introduced to the concept of like you know gender beyond the, the binary that we're all just kind of like have it beaten into us growing sure. up like i if the first thing was like i didn't i didn't understand it either but you know learning and growing more it kind of like once i internalized it and started understanding and i was like okay this is like perfectly fine this is actually pretty fucking badass and, but then it kind of like started me down the thought process of just like, well, how did, um, because I never really fit, <laughs> felt like I fit in with like the, the common ideals of, of masculinity or, mm -hmm. or like cis men either. And it just, it, for some, it just took a comically large amount of time for me, I feel like to like have those feelings and then have this sort of idea present in front of me and to actually make that connection between the two and realize like oh wait this might be a thing that i am <laughs> yeah i mean i'm even kind of surprised that it started to catch on online because i very quietly came out all i did was uh change my pronouns and i wrote new bit new bio no big deal and it kind of snowballed from there um 
but yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, everything else in, in, in my life that I feel like I don't, I don't like to conform to any certain set of rules other than, you know, just the, the, the general rules of try to be a good person and don't hurt anybody. But, uh, you know, I don't fit into the, the rules of what is a nerd. I don't fit into the rules of, of any sort of religion or, or, or set you know, beliefs or anything like that. And I don't, uh, I don't conform to any sort of gender rules. I just, uh, I just do me. And, uh, you know, there's only one Darwin Finch. That is very true. And honestly, like that whole thought process kind of explains the punk rock side of that, of the, of the persona as well, in a way, because it's a very like punk mindset to have about it, you know, especially talking about like the, the tenants that you were talking about, you know, just like, don't hurt anybody and like you know understand yourself in that way just be who you are i feel like that really kind of lends to the other half of the punk rock poindexter in a way where where does that punk rock like root come for you personally so uh i had a, a, a lot of my childhood both being uh, nerdy and being um you know people either suspected that uh i was gay or just uh you know, um, didn't like that I wasn't into into sports or, or hunting or anything, um, or you know maybe they just found me annoying. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I got bullied quite a bit and I got beaten up and and all sorts of terrible things. Um, but uh, you know, sometime uh, in my teenage years, when I was trying to trying to find myself. Uh, you know, I went through that period where I thought, oh, if I do all the things that fit in with what's cool people will like me and that didn't work at all um in fact quite the opposite uh all all of a sudden i i found this music and it spoke to me um you know it seemed to just the vibe of it fit me and uh you know the overarching message of uh basically like this is who i am and if you don't like it get the get the heck away from me so um yeah i've basically kind of embodied that my entire life and um so that's that's where that that fits in you know i i am i am a nerd at at my core um but i'm also i'm also a punk rocker uh so i'm not afraid to i'm not afraid to be my nerdy self um but i also you know i have that edge but uh, it definitely comes through in, in, in your character in ring. It comes through just like talking to you here and now. Like it feels like there's a lot of a lot of confidence um, in, in yourself in a, in a lot of ways that comes from that as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain a certain amount, you know. <laughs> I mean, we all have our insecurities, and, and I totally get that as well. But, like, it's good that you have, like, a pool of, like, a place that you can, like, pull from, you know, exactly. in, in those moments. You know, I think that's vital for, for anyone to have, much less anybody who is in something that is public-facing and just so, like, in your face in terms of, like, presentation as pro wrestling. Was that something that was hard for you to adjust to whenever you got started? As far as, as far as which thing? As far as like, you know, confronting insecurities that, that you had and like trying to like build up oh, confidence and stuff like that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, especially, you know, towards the beginning, um, 
you know, like I said, I came into wrestling. I wasn't, uh, you know, the most athletic person, especially since, you know, I really hadn't done any uh, sports since high school. And all, all I did there was run. Um, so uh, it, it was quite a bit of molding to, <laughs> to get through. Um, but I just, I wanted it so bad. And the attitude at Santino Brothers was so encouraging. You know, and it's still, you get yelled at sometimes, sure. But at the end of the day, they want to see everyone succeed. And really, you know, and it's not, people shouldn't feel bad if they don't succeed through pro wrestling training because it's not for everyone. And, and like, uh, like Chaos says, there's things that those people can do that, pro you know myself him any pro wrestler might never be able to do you know everybody's got uh you know their their law in life um but you know really uh a lot of it is on you and how far you're willing to to push yourself to get to that goal um so yeah it was a lot it was frustrating um especially when i couldn't get certain things uh, but the overall environment was very encouraging there. You know, it wasn't like any time I'd ever tried out for sports in my past where they'd just be like, oh, this guy, like, let's get rid of him or let's, you know, throw him, throw him in a locker or whatever. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was like, that's all right. You know, try it again. How about we try it this way? You know, like, you'll get it eventually. Like, and, and they were really great at seeing the things that I did do well and um, having me accentuate those aspects un until I could fix the things that I wasn't so great at. Um, so they're just, you know, it's a really intensive school, a really good environment. Um, and I think that helped me uh, get through those moments of frustration. Um, and I, I think that there was frustration again, probably initially too, starting out, um, as a wrestler, trying to, trying to find my way, I was kind of leaning, um, into the more nerdy, uh, aspect and, you know, thinking that I had to really ham up, uh, that gimmick. Um, but I felt like a stereotype and I felt like I was, um, being insulting to my own kind. Uh, and that wasn't me, you know, and that's why I kind of, uh, after a couple of years in, uh, added the, the, the punk rock aspect of the character and really Darwin, uh, in a way, um, the, as far as the character is just a, a reflection of my younger self, you know, it's an, it's a nerd, uh, who tur turned to punk rock and, and, and found some confidence and, uh, but never lost that sense of, of nerdiness and, um, you know, that, that pure spirit. No, that's, that's a kind of amazing way to, to kind of frame the character as well. It's almost like paying homage to this person that you like grew up as, like, it's almost like taking this identity that you, that you had and kind of giving it, a place to feel empowered more so mm -hmm. than, than previously. Hmm. No, that's really, that's really cool and really insightful. No, that's super interesting. I'm glad you appreciate that. Uh, I, I get, I get 
in my head about stuff sometimes <laughs> so like it it's really it is really neat it is really neat though like i i love hearing about like where people like pull from for personas and and characters and stuff like that so oh sure and there's there's definitely some aspects that i play up and you know there's definitely a lot of uh, places I draw inspiration from but again I think that those places of inspiration come from other characters that I feel like I can relate to you know um, like pretty much any Rick Moranis role or you know uh, the character of Mike from SLC Punk or uh, the, the Venture Brothers you know like that, that kind of sort of a thing I I, I take note of, of those things and um, of course Spike Dudley Without a Spike Dudley, there's no Darwin Finch. And there's a reason I do the acid drop sometimes. So, uh, yeah, you know, got to find those areas of inspiration that, that grab you and that, that you can pull into your own art. No, for sure. For sure. I, I'm I there there is I, I love the connection to Spike, honestly, like that is like it's very it's on the nose, but in like the the best way possible honestly because like when you think about like sort of like pro wrestling people that kind of gave off that vibe that of, of like nerdiness in a way like spike comes to the forefront immediately or should if it, if that's not happening for you um <laughs> the younger audience is going who <laughs> <laughs> go watch some go watch some late 90s ECW, everybody. <laughs> no, did you did you uh, grow up like watching ECW or or was yeah okay. yeah ECW yeah. definitely like towards the late or yeah about late nineties yeah is sort of when I when I got into that like I said I was trying to get into everything I've I've been a severe wrestling nerd <laughs> for my whole life so anything I even used to watch Global when I was a kid like oh, wow. I was just everything <laughs> wow. I still didn't even get into into the global at that time. All right, I'm you know yes, but I don't even know why I asked you the question. Did you watch ECW? Of course you did. <laughs> you have binders of DVDs. So yes, of course. So I, when when Sean Waltman first showed up, uh, you know, and did the surprise uh, pin because he was supposed to be just the jobber against uh, Scott Hall, I kind of saw it coming because I was like, oh, that's the Lightning Kid yep. from Global. <laughs> god i love that so much oh man um so at what point did you start kind of feeling like you were starting to gain some traction like when did things start kind of clicking that like oh okay this is something that i can do this is a place where i do fit in 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 the pro wrestling world i mean i'd say it's kind of on and off coming up definitely had some some great experiences throughout my early wrestling career but i think things really started clicking probably around either the end of 2017 or beginning of 2018 it was really a series of uh of matches i was starting to have at, uh of all places of, of uh, um wrestling pro wrestling um, and I say that because it's generally considered uh, a comedy promotion. Um, and for the most part, it is. But, you know, uh, there's always about one or two actual wrestling matches on the card. Um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say actual wrestling matches, but, you know, like your traditional wrestling. Yeah, the, the, like, the standard, as, as most people would think. Exactly, yes. 
Um, and and uh, that's, uh, I eventually started having, being in those matches um, and having matches with uh, people like, uh, like Bateman, like Watts, like Ruby Rays, um, you know, um, Eli Everfly, and then into, into um, 2019 with, with Gregory Sharp and uh, Dark Sheik. Um, so I think that being put into that position, because a lot of the time in before, before those types of matches, I wasn't getting the matches with, with those caliber of wrestlers. And that's not to disparage any of the wrestlers I was wrestling before, but I, I, if I was in matches with those types of wrestlers, it was a five minute, six minutes comedy squash match kind of a thing. I was the considered the, just the comedy guy, which is weird to me because I know I'm a very amusing character. I know I'm a goofball, but I don't, other than, other than shrieking sometimes, which gets people to laugh, I don't really do any comedy spots. I don't whip out a, a giant remote control or, or, or something or start uh, mixing chemicals. Uh, I mean, I did do that when I was evil last year, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, that was on a comedy promotion. So, <laughs> but you know, generally I, I wrestle and it's the character that's funny. And it took a little bit before wrestling started to see that. And sometimes I think that, especially post pandemic that I need to kind of uh, show that more again. Um, because I think that maybe that's been a little forgotten. Um, so I, I feel like I, I like I need to just keep keep doing me and uh, just like what thing how things were picking up for me before the pandemic. I think they'll pick up again once people start seeing more of me and, and realizing what I'm all about. You know, I'm funny outside of the ring, but inside the ring, I get down to business. You talked. You talked about like the the character of Darwin, kind of like lending into these stereotypes that you wanted to break away from. In a way, did you feel like the character of Darwin being seen as uh, like this comedy wrestler was like another stereotype that you actively wanted to kind of break for for yourself? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and sometimes when I would try to show that I had the uh the potential to actually you know do some some cool or clever things in the ring um do some uh some good maneuvers or or have that fire um sometimes I'd get the the comment you did too much wrestling in your match Mm. um that's not what you're here to do um so that that that's another thing that got frustrating for a bit I will admit um, but I don't hear that anymore. Um, so I think that, you know, both probably changing the persona a little bit and making it more me, um, have that toughness with the punk rock element to it. Um, and then also just getting those opportunities, having that backlog of, of matches that I can show um from places like wrestling pro wrestling or or santino's or or wherever um 
that that showed uh, that contrast between you know both having um, a fun character but also uh, having a good work rate as well. You always want to be able to um, kind of show that you have this diverse um, repertoire of, of stuff that you can do. You know, and I've and I've seen I've seen your work like I, most of what I've seen of you has been more of that like technical straightforward work but you are like solid technical wrestler by the way so like like i feel like that you definitely do that style very very well and anyone who wants to try and pigeonhole you into just a comedy character is vastly underrating your ability honestly well thank you i appreciate that i remember once uh i i um i did a show i think it was either 2015 or 2016 and then uh, I was put up against someone who is also, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, someone who's also uh, just kind of is actually just known for, for mainly their comedy. And uh, they're like, okay, well, this will be fun. I'll just do my comedy spots and you do your comedy spots. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, geez, I do not have any comedy spots. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I love comedy wrestling. I'm not trying to disparage comedy wrestling oh, at no, all. Yeah. But if I was, I wouldn't love uh, wrestling for wrestling so much. Um, I think that it's a great art form, but I'm actually, I don't think I'm good at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right Some there with you. Some people would like... disagree. I have done the, the comedy matches. I have done that. <laughs> Some people would disagree, but uh, I, I don't think that that's my strongest suit. Mm. For yeah. And, and I'm with you. Like, I'm not trying to disparage comedy wrestling either. Like, I feel like the, the potpourri aspect of a pro wrestling presentation is vital. And to have that mixture of all different things, all different flavors for, for everybody that comes to it. But at the same time, like, if it's not something that you are good at or, or confident in and you are confident in other areas, like, I can imagine the frustration of constantly being put into this place where you you know that you don't necessarily belong per se sure. yeah sure. yeah yes. which brings me to to my next thing because we were talking a little bit before we hit record here and i told you like the first time that i was exposed to to darwin finch was through hood slam which if you want to talk about a company that is potpourri mm -hmm. jesus christ hood slam <laughs> Talk to me a bit about like your your appearances with Hudson and working with you know Dark Sheik and, and the whole crew there. There's such an eclectic mixture of people there in, in the bay. So uh, yeah, Hood Slam. I, I, I've, I've always loved the idea of Hood Slam ever since uh, I was still a trainee. I was working as uh, ring crew security for um, a, a SoCal promotion, and uh, there I met Chupacabra. And, um, you know, uh, when they're not urinating on or pretending to urinate or hump people, a uh, very, very uh, friendly person, you know, talk, talking to, to little old me who they don't even know and uh, showing off uh, these videos from Hood Slam and they just looked so fun. Um, I never saw a place with, with people wrestling as, you know, Sub-Zero and, and Ryu. Um, you know, and uh, just like the, it's another place kind of like wrestling for wrestling. They're both kind of sort of different flavors of the same ice cream. Um, 
you know, uh, the hood slams, uh, yeah, they, they've got phenomenal wrestlers, uh, fun characters, um, you know, they can dress up as other characters and be those characters. Uh, and, and, you know, that they, they also mix in, uh, the comedy in a way that's, that's really, really fun. Um, so yeah, that's been, that was on my bucket list for, for many, many years. That was a, that was an absolute goal for me to, to make my way to Hood Slam. Um, and I think I got there, um, I, I, you know, I had little encounters with, with people from the roster. Uh, I worked with, with Dark Sheik once at, uh, at Freak Show Wrestling, um, which also had kind of a, a similar vibe. That was, uh, Sin Bodhi's promotion. Um, but uh i don't think that's running anymore but anyway um but where i think what really ended up getting me over there is that uh you know uh a lot of the roster members including uh dark sheik and anton borges uh were, were coming to wrestling for wrestling in fact that we were doing a whole angle with a with a hood slam invasion and you know they 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 killed our our ring bell and uh, they, 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 they killed a member of the roster that nobody had ever seen before until that day and will never see again. Long live the uh, big red. Rest in peace. Um, you know, and, and just lots, lots of fun stuff that, that we did with the Hood Slam folks. Um, and, you know, then, of course, uh, you know, Sheik in particular was, was really getting over with our crowd. Um, we, had, we had a little feud and uh i think that uh really working with her i mean she was already my friend and we we already uh you know had seen each other's work but i think that that actually you know getting in there together um made made her want to uh you know put the word and get get me up there so um so i yeah i ended up going up in uh uh, towards the end of 2019, I had my, my first match there with, with Kenny K, which you said was the match that you saw. Yes. Um, yeah, absolute blast. And it was like, is the, I, I know it's weird. Cause a lot, it's like, uh, for some people that's probably a small dream. Uh, but to me is a dream come true to, to, to get up there and, and do my thing up there. Um, and you know, uh, I was starting to become semi-regular at, at least like once every month or two um but you know things we all know what happened in 2020 and uh yeah and unfortunately that, that took a big hit to the the promotion as well um i know that they're they're starting to kind of come back they've had one show and they have another one in june um but you know we'll, we'll see what happens when things start getting more regular for them yeah, it's been nice to see Hood Slam kind of come back and, and start to kind of get back into a rhythm of sorts. Like, obviously, it's not like the weekly thing that we are, were accustomed to for, for a while there, but it's just good to see that coming back. And honestly, like, I feel like Hood Slam, in terms of their profile, like, they have they have a national profile. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I, I, like, I was living in Georgia whenever... Um, um whenever i first discovered hood slam so right. like if yeah so if like i'm like living in atlanta and finding it like i'm I, I know there are other people around the country that are finding it like so i don't necessarily see that as like a a small 
dream, honestly. Like I feel like that's a promotion that's worthy of a bucket list. And and honestly, like getting on one of those cards, like 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 you said, like that had to be a, a major moment of like validation for you. Oh, a hundred a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I only perceived it uh or I didn't perceive it as a small thing, but I think I only peppered that in just because I actually happened to be talking to to Anton today and he was kind of like downplaying like how how famous Hood Slam is. And I think I let that get into my brain. But no, Anton, you see, Hood Slam is great. They're watching you in Georgia. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Jens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT RingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. I did want to ask you a, a little bit about like some of the work you have been doing like as the like through the pandemic as well because like one of the places I was excited to see you pop up at was on the first Pride Style show um, mm. in Vegas. Um, I, I don't remember if that was pre or post you like posting your new bio message or not, but um, what was that? I think it like? was pre actually. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> What was it like for you, like knowing that you're kind of having this conversation with yourself and, and having this like bit of self-exploration to be invited to a show that one has pride in its name, which already kind of lends to the, the connotation of, of LGBTQ inclusivity, but uh, a promotion like Pride Style that it really is all about inclusivity, you know, both for the, the queer community and the gender diverse community, but also for all uh, marginalized communities there in Vegas. I mean, I thought it was an honor because, you know, at that time, I still considered myself, uh, I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't really, like, totally figured that out yet. 
um, I was still considering myself a, a cis white male. Um, so yeah, to, to be on that, that card, it, it, it meant a lot because, um, like I said, I was still considering myself as that, even though I, I already did know that I didn't totally fit in that, uh, that gender binary. Um, I just hadn't really explored it yet. Um, I just was considering myself not a normal guy is kind of how I was looking at it. And I didn't know if they just were making assumptions or if they were just booking me because they know that I'm an, I was considering myself an ally or if they uh, were just, you know, trying to show that they are inclusive of all people. Um, because I, I, th I think that they do have some, um, some, some Sisha, uh, members of the roster. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I wasn't a hundred percent sure the reason why, but I was very, very happy that I would be considered for a show like that. Um, I'd be very, very happy to do it again. And uh, I think that that match stands out as far as uh, six-way scramble matches go um, it, because uh, we had quite the collection of characters and, and talent in that match. And uh, I, I think we had a, uh, you know, a fun um, uh, combination of uh, character, uh, humor, and uh, just great wrestling. Um, and it all, all flowed really well. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very proud that I got to be on the first show. And uh, I really, really hope to do it again. No, like that, that first show really does stand out in, in my mind as like something that was like really, really fun and really awesome to see kind of pop up on, on the West Coast in a way, because like, you know, a lot of what we've seen in terms of the, the events and shows that are gaining the most like eyeballs, I feel like for LGBTQ identity specifically are on the East coast, which, you know, that's obviously those shows are great and we want more shows like that, but it feels like the West coast sometimes doesn't necessarily get left out of the conversation because we have a number of people from the West coast appearing on those shows, but yeah. we weren't, we were lacking in some of those like showcase events, so to say, so to speak. And yeah. Pride style felt like kind of trying to, to write that in a way. It did. And I think it still continues to do that, you know, and, you know, they make the point of putting, putting the flag right there um, in front of the entrance, because that is the emphasis of the show, um, whether or not it's uh, in, including people that don't fit under that banner or not. Um, that is the emphasis and uh it's it's a it's a it's a phenomenal thing and i hope that we get more shows not just that show but more shows like that out here oh for sure i mean obviously like you know dark sheets fearless show um always like uh highlights identities um on sure. the west coast as well yeah. but but yeah like i would love to see something akin to like a, a pro wrestling vibe or a, or a, a big gay brunch 
kind of hit out here a bit. And obviously, Full Queer is another another company that's that's running those style right. events too. So we're 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 coming up. We're coming up. We just got to get yeah. our we just got to get our hit in. Now. Well, hey, WrestleMania weekend's out here next year. Yes, it is. That is the perfect time, Effie. <laughs> if you're listening, buddy. <laughs> You know, before you blew up, Effie, we were supposed to have a match. Oh, really? <laughs> Calling you out, pal. <laughs> I'm curious now. He probably doesn't even remember who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you supposed to wrestle Effie? Oh, nowhere in particular. We just talked about it a bunch. Uh, if jabbed on, on social media um, about doing it. Uh, yeah, Effie's great and uh, very friendly person so um but yeah no i i think uh but we will we i hope we see the brunch out here at least next year you don't necessarily need need to have old finchy on it but i do hope we see it and uh but i do hope to fight you effie at some point (laughs) (laughs) i have to find some way to make that happen honestly No, I'm excited for for Mania Weekend next year too. I'm excited to have it in Los Angeles, and and um, I I have little doubt that there will be a big gay brunch considering how popular that event has gotten as part of the collective. So I'm just excited to to see it come to the West Coast and let it, let us put our own flair on it, so to speak. Definitely, and I think it'll get a lot of eyes on West Coast talent. No, I I I'm looking forward to that show kind of putting eyes on the west coast as well like a lot of west coast talents deserve that sort of spotlight um and speaking of of that spotlight a bit i wanted to ask you um uh, as we start to wind down here a little bit about um i guess your most recent little piece of uh online virality a little bit um so santino bros had uh their uh fight night two event and you and kid bandit main evented that but the um the promo segment prior to that um has gotten a a lot of buzz and a lot of response and and a lot of kind words towards yourself and and towards bandit as well for the the emotion and and the um sentiments expressed um obviously like in that promo you pointed to how you've kind of become this a go-to person for Santino Bros in terms of debuting people or or being like a proving a proving stick for people to to meet at, at Santino Bros and obviously the match with Kid Bandit was kind of framed that way through your own words but then Bandit is on the mic and talks about like how the the relationship that y'all have and the closeness there and about you know you shouldn't be considered just that that you should be considered considered a like main event level person um and that that's what you that's what you should be that's what you are um in 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 their eyes and in the eyes of others as well um the match solid watched it multiple times really really fun uh match there between you and bandit but talk to me about what you were feeling in that moment uh in in the ring in that promo uh with with bandit and like how real those those words and those emotions were oh yeah well yeah i mean 
that entire thing was was derived out of reality that wasn't you know that wasn't scripted that wasn't uh you know um that wasn't a bit or anything um you know uh i was just uh so i initially uh i i, I thought you know they did tell us hey we want you to do a promo to put over the main event that's all they really told us so um i thought well why is why am i having this main event match with bandit and i thought about our history together and how i've been sort of uh a mentor for them um when they were first starting out i know that now that uh you know between santino bros uh trainers and uh you know supreme rest in peace um and uh you know then they went on to nightmare factory and, and cody Rhodes and you know so they don't they have all of these mega um star trainers um but you know bandit and i uh bonded when they first came to the dojo and like i mentioned in my promo just started off with a little dumb comment that i didn't even think that they would understand uh they came in uh they looked totally different than they do now uh with their with their blue uh short hair and i said oh it's a little fat mike um and he is like oh no effects and, uh, I was like, yeah. and you know I, i'll bond with someone over music pretty much instantly um so uh you know but between then you know i just i uh, really liked their attitude um you know that they uh kept telling me about how how much that they enjoyed my work which always like blows me away because for some reason I still think that like people haven't really even seen my work uh, <laughs> but uh you know uh I, I was just I was I was there for them when 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 they're they're struggling through through the training and 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 through coming up um I just tried my best to motivate them and uh as they mentioned in the promo uh those words um really meant something to them and and inspired them um which is amazing and uh you know that that feels really good so when um when it came uh to the match i tried to reflect on that bond but also reflect on you know my history at santino's and 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 debuting all those uh those big big names that went on to um, you know, that weren't big names, obviously, when they debuted, but have become big names over time. Um, and, uh, you know, um, sorry, I'm getting a little, um, you know, and then they, they, I thought, uh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> I thought, okay. uh, you know, they've done so much at this point they they don't need a debut match with me they need some other kind of challenge with me because you know that they mean a lot uh to me their success means a lot to me um because it started with uh with me and um you know i i think that you know uh I, you know just i was there from with them from the beginning so um 
I thought, okay, I'm going to challenge you to, to my style of a match. Uh, you know, nothing more than that. Um, and then kid comes out with that beautiful promo where they say uh, how, how much that I meant to them and that they, they see me as more than just, you know, the, the, the tester at Santino's. Um, but you know, uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it's my time to prove that I'm, um, I'm a star as well, that I'm also a main eventer, um, which is hard. It's hard. It's hard for me. Um, you know, I, I still have, uh, self-esteem issues myself. I still need to have things I need to, to work on. And I've still had that history of mostly not feeling that way um and not being treated that way and not seen that way um but you know uh so we ended up having the match and like you said it's a, a solid match and i mentioned this on twitter uh after the fact that i still didn't feel like it was quite what they deserved because I know that I've had high higher caliber matches I know I'm capable of higher caliber matches I still feel good about what we did but you know I'm not somebody who's going to try to gloss over and be like oh yeah it's the best main event ever um you know I want I want Kid Bandit again I want a main event with Kid Bandit again. And this time around, I want to put down the match that doesn't just get viral on the internet for a week and then go away. I want it to be a match that people can't stop talking about. So I hope Bandit hears that. Um, you know, I did mention that in my, my Twitter post about the match and about the promo, um, but I'm saying it again, and I want the rematch, and um, before Bandit, you know, it might be too late, because Bandit's already uh, dominating the world. That, that kid is, is blown up faster than fireworks, but... Uh, yeah, someday, somehow, somewhere, I don't know where, but it's gonna happen again, and it's and it's gonna be it's gonna be even better than the first one. No, I I solidly believe that as well. I mean, you know, I think one of the key things with with pro wrestling or really any you know art form or, or athletic thing or whatever is the that constant progression that you have and that constant like growing and learning and, and perfecting yourself and being able to have that critical eye on yourself without it you know trending into that self-deprecating place or, or that defeatist sort of place so like i i commend you on on wanting that rematch and and wanting to to have the kind of match that that you truly truly want to, to have with bandit as well because like you know i think that's I think that's just a straight up human desire to have in, in a way. Um, back uh, going back to, to the promo real quick, there was one other aspect about that that I wanted to 
to ask you about sure. because um, one of the things that stuck out to, to me personally a lot from the the words that Bandit had for you um, was about you know their experience coming into Santino's and um, how you were one of the key people that showed them that you can be yourself and succeed in in pro wrestling that you don't have to compromise who you are no matter how what what aspect of identity you are looking at you don't have to compromise that in order to succeed in this uh, if you have the determination if you have the the ability to to go out there and and do a, 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 what you do to the level that you do every night what did did that have any uh like special significance for you as well to hear them kind of credit you as being someone who helped them feel comfortable being who they are especially seeing like where they're at now and how like public facing they are about their own journey through through all the different facets of identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i feel like that's that's really my main goal accomplished like i can say my goals are you know to work hood slam or to to wrestle effie or to you know do this do that whatever i can say all that stuff on this podcast or in in life in general but uh the real goal is to inspire people um to be themselves uh and be proud of that and um you know have that uh that unflinching um awareness of who they are and you know just this is me you either accept me or you don't um but i'm just gonna continue to 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 do the things i like to to wear the things i want to wear to to look the way i want to look to to love who i want to love to to be the way i want to be um you know, that's, that's the type of message that I want to embody, um, with, with my work and, um, the fact that I managed to, to do that in the eyes of Bandit, um, and now they're a phenomenal giant star because of that, um, you know, that makes me feel like my, my ultimate goal has already been accomplished. And, um, you know, I had that, that moment of self doubt and, and, uh, you know, um, self-reflection that was kind of negative initially. But like I said, once things started coming up a little bit more positive, reflecting on things and, I kept watching that promo over and over again and just listening to to Bandit's words regarding that. It that made me feel like more of a success than anything. And that was the thing that made me want to keep doing this because I I don't know who else might be watching me or listening to me right now and um feeling the words that i'm saying or you know um being inspired by um me just going out there and being me um and i don't want to let them down and i want to continue to 
inspire others because that is ultimately the goal. I, I want people to, to be unabashedly who they are. No, no I mean, I think that's, that's the right goal to have, honestly. You know, that it's a commendable one as well. Well, Darwin, I, I like to end on, on a kind of a, a fun one uh, most of the time. And so you mentioned in passing that you are a, a big horror fan. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I have to ask you, and you can, the, I know like the question of like, what's like, what's your like number one go-to favorite of anything is a hard one to answer sometimes. So if you feel like explaining to a top three, that's cool. But I, I have to ask like, what are, what is your go-to like number one horror movie? You know, <laughs> that is a hard question. Yes. <laughs> because ultimately, uh, as far as like an overall, like what I think is, is a perfect film as far as horror goes, um, is the movie Day of the Dead. Oh, yes. But what I, I would say Day of the Dead is like, it's like an ex- expensive meal. Day of the Dead, The Exorcist, stuff like that. Some it's something to really appreciate, you know, maybe once a year, once every couple of years. Whereas I can pop on Reanimator every single day. I can put on, even though it's only slightly a horror movie, I can put on John Dies at the end every single day. Uh, most recently I fell in love with the movie Uncle Peckerhead. Uh, which if you don't know what that is, it is a punk rock horror comedy and that speaks volumes to me. Um, so everyone check out Uncle Peckerhead. <laughs> <laughs> and I can watch that multiple times every single day. So yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Um, you know, some, some, some movies are fine meals and, and some movies are, you know, tacos at three in the morning you just uh <laughs> on that vibe you want i i god i feel that very very hard like i'm i'm a big horror fan as well and like it very much is like do you want like hot pocket or do you want like a filet so <laughs> like i i feel you i feel you no all good choices though i have to check out uncle, Pe- uncle peckerhead i haven't seen that one yet all right yeah all right Did you give me I always like whenever I get recommendations on this show. So I'll have to do that for myself. Well, Darwin, this has been a blast. I really enjoyed kind of getting to know you a bit more and, and having you on the show. No, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to be here. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan. And then thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. Oh, of course. Of course. Let everybody know where they can find you online and anything you might have uh, coming up here in the near future. Sure. Um, on Facebook, Darwin Finch uh uh at on um sorry on twitter i'm at dardar finch um and that's a that's a that's a shout out to my good friend i don't know if everybody knows her buggy nova who used to call me dardar all the time um and uh on instagram i'm at punk rock poindexter um there is another darwin finch account but that's not mine um and even though it has pictures of me um Uh, so punk rock poindexter please follow that one i think i do most of my um 
stuff on Instagram, but I, I have been posting on Twitter more recently and that's, that's, that's bandit nudging me to, to keep, keep doing that. So, um, <laughs> uh, and as far as, uh, upcoming events, um, I'll be at the next fight night. Um, Santino brothers, I think we're actually going to have a small crowd for that one. And that nice. one is, uh, June 5th, um, at the Santino Brothers uh, Wrestling Academy in Bell Gardens, California. Um, and let's see, what else do I have? I have Wrestling Pro Wrestling June 11th in the, the Burbank Moose Lodge. It's the Battle for Uranus. Um, <laughs> Hell so yeah. We, we, were, we were on the road to Uranus last show. Now we're battling for Uranus on this show. So... <laughs> uh let's see on june 18th i have um uh pro wrestling uncensored in duarte california uh that's um a, a newer promotion um and then uh july is still kind of up in the air so if you want to send me dms for for some bookings in july i would love that but i i would like to also put over in august uh, on August 13th, uh, the debuting uh, Epic Pro um, in Cudahy, California. Uh, and that, that show has already um, announced uh, Peter Avalon, um, Kid Bandit, uh, Eli Everfly, um, Hoss Hog, Brendan Devine. Um, it, it's uh, a, a, another new promotion that um, I think is going to do really really well considering the talent involved so um definitely check that one out no it already sounds like a, a who's who of the the names and so of the socal area already so yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah uh, that's the intent <laughs> <laughs> no that's exciting uh, well darwin thank you again for for coming on the show thank you so much again for having me this was great My thank you once again to Darwin for taking the time to come on the show and chat about his experiences and all of the emotion and the journey that he's been on, you know, through his own discoveries about himself to uh, his growth and, uh, and perseverance in pro wrestling and to see the effect that has had on the people around him and the people that watch him, you know, that kid bandit and promo uh, at Santino Rose, just it got to me too. Uh, that was a truly emotional thing to see. Um, definitely go out of your way to go go check that out. It's uh, it's free on YouTube on the Santino Bros uh, YouTube account. Definitely worth a watch for sure. Um, but that is going to do it for us here this week on the show. Uh, but uh, come back next week. We're definitely going to have another awesome interview. Um, and yeah. I think that's no. We'll just keep it short and sweet on the on the end here for this week. Um, until we speak again, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And you know what? Let's wish KC a very happy birthday. Bye.